Welcome to Jake and Afraid. I'm your host, four-time Naked and Afraid survivalist, Jake Nodar. Join me as I recap each new Naked and Afraid episode, guest hosted by some of the show's favorite alumni. Each week, we'll recap each episode with a perspective only a survivalist of the show can give. Now let's get naked. Hello and welcome to Jake and Afraid. Today I am joined by two-time Naked and Afraid survivalist and current star of Castaways, Patrick French. Thanks for being here, Patrick. Hey, thanks for having me, Jake. Of course. How have you been? Uh, pretty good. I just got back from the Colorado backcountry. I was backpacking the Colorado Trail there, so it's a little weird being in civilization, having internet and showers again. <laughs> How many miles did you did you hike? Uh, it's about 500 Oh, only mostly 500. above, yeah, <laughs> mostly above like ten thousand feet, so ten thousand to fourteen thousand something. Holy smokes, that's crazy! I was really excited because I got seven thousand steps on my iPhone yesterday. So kudos <laughs> to you, that, that's amazing. Well, we are gonna get into it. This is Naked and Afraid Castaways, season one, episode six: Hell, Hogs, and High Water, and we pick up on day eleven. With Kara and Naeem hiking for the coast, Kara is struggling. Naeem is being very sweet and fanning her with a very big leaf, which I thought was nice. I kind of wish I had somebody out there that did that to me on my challenges. She rallies, and they keep on trucking. Kara smells smoke, and they end up coming across Rachel and Justin. Naeem and Rachel had a wonderful reunion. They were partners on their 21-day Naeem did not make it, and there was a little bit of guilt there because he left Rachel all by herself. They decided to do a group trip down to the beach for some tanning and some paddle ball. Uh, just kidding. They did go down to the beach to hang out and soak in the salt water. When you are watching this back, is are there any groups that make you feel envious that you weren't a part of? Or are you happy with your group? I had Andrew. So, I mean, like, who can complain when they have Andrew Shade? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Andrew's the best. Like, he's my rock. So, I wasn't envious of anybody. When I saw the whole fanning part yeah. with uh, Naeem, now I realized why Bulent was always calling Kira the Jungle Queen. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you think she demanded that? I think she does demand that kind of respect, you know? <laughs> Fan me, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> well, we end up... Cutting back to Bulent. Bulent is all alone now. He is still on his wild hog chase. He checks the snares. No pig yet again. But he continues to do what the smart survivalists do. He alters things. He makes some changes. And he hopes for the best. That takes us into day 12. And we see you, Andrew, and Heather are dealing with the rising tide. Heather asks you how many times you were dropped as a kid. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did uh, you have an answer the, for that? <laughs> yeah, the, the answer for that is enough to be fucking tough. <laughs> nice, I like it. <laughs> you know, it, it's basically one of those things. Heather has a lot of Heatherisms, <laughs> like a fat man on a seesaw, like all this stuff. If you watch through the episode, she's always doing these Heatherisms. I, I, I think she's just a really old soul and like maybe not always like the most politically correct soul. <laughs> <laughs> well, Heather, Heather and Andrew want to move. You want to stay in the current location just because of all the resources, which it seems yeah. like that location had been really good to you. And the thing is, is like I, I backpack 
like long distances all the time. Every single day I pick up camp and I move. Like mm. there's no reason that tide gets high. We can't just pick up and move then. Like it doesn't have to be something we talk about for five, six days about, oh, the tide's getting higher. Yeah, well, when it gets too high, we'll leave. No big mm. deal. Like let's take advantage of the situation when we have it. Like we don't even have very much. We got like a bayonet, a freaking helmet, and like a couple of sticks that I turned into spears. Like we don't have very much. And no matter what, like we're going to have to like start a fire somewhere else. So it's like we move, we move. It's like not that big of a deal. We've already moved halfway across the island once. And we have to get to the north end of the island anyways. So it was always known that we have to like keep moving locations but why not like dip into the resources that we have here as much as possible before we move out well that's i, w I was wondering like if the tide got that bad could you could have been the kind of thing you just move 30 feet back no so behind us like so right behind us it does get higher and we could have built like an area in there but behind that is this big mangrove swamp which is actually connected to where our fresh water is. So that whole area got flooded out when the high tides came in. Uh, um, we were at pretty much some of the highest point of the, the island. Heather goes to take a drink of water from the bottle, and she said it's brackish. There's definitely salt in it, and the fresh water source is no longer drinkable. We come back to you in a minute and Heather gives you some of the water so you can test it and you have agreed with them that it was definitely yeah. not drinkable, but you had the mindset of like, there's another possible water source. We don't have to overreact. Let right. me go check it out. Everybody just pump the brakes and let's see, which I think you did kind of see the different mindsets within the camp where it's like, all right, yeah. well, it's, it's just a little hurdle. Let's figure it out. Yeah. We go to Justin, Kara, Naeem, and Rachel, and they are hungry. Rachel's knee is very swollen. She watches camp while the others go looking for food. Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No. I'm just thinking about those tiny fucking crabs know, that they I were know. trying to eat. I'm yeah. just like, what the fuck are those? <laughs> That's Justin does find a, a monster crab. It was, <laughs> I think he picked it off himself. Well, that's even when he threw sand on it, I was worried he was going to crush it. It was so tiny. <laughs> and I, I was actually thinking when he got it, they were going to maybe use it for like bait or something. Yeah. 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 It was tiny. Like you saw the crabs I was getting. Yeah. Like I was getting huge crabs every time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's like I'm from Baltimore. We have our big blue crabs. Yours looked oh, like yeah. one of those. Like that had meat yeah. in it. These were oh, yeah. like the size of a nickel. And when they kept it and kept on getting more, I was kind of floored, to be honest. But, you know, good for yeah. them. Every victory is a victory in survival. Well, I was watching uh, them like fry up those snails on the bedpan. And I was like, what the heck? Like <laughs> when I got snails, I would get like 50 at a time and just sit there. They were like using like three or five, like and some hermit crabs and stuff. We wouldn't even eat the hermit crabs. 
<laughs> just cook them up in their little poop pan and call it yeah. a day. I would just grab a flounder out of the water real quick and we'd go fry it up. Like it was pretty easy. <laughs> the shade of it all. Well, we see Justin, Naeem, Rachel, and Kara enjoying their crab feast, and they're literally getting a fingernail clipping sized piece each. And it's like, yeah, mm, I, this is. I mean, they were used to eating prawns and stuff like that. So, I mean, those yeah. prawns are just as small and crunchy. Yeah, yeah. It was not, it was not a really stomach filling kind of feast. Yeah. But, but whatever. They got something. So, kudos to them. We do see you at this point, per usual, you are the one going out on missions, and you put on your stunning potato sack and helmet and head out, which I commented last week on because the outfit is a bold choice, but it's a stunning one. I was very proud. Yeah, I mean, not all heroes wear capes, but some do, you know? (laughs) The thing is, like, I even said it in the episode, you know, like, it looks stupid, but the sun out there is ridiculous. And we don't have sunscreen. We don't have clothes. Like, if I, if the only way to avoid getting sunburned was sitting in the sage, shade shelter all day, which means you don't really get any time to, like, forage for food out there. Right. And the whole reason we were so successful is you can see it, every day I would go out, I'd wear my stupid cape <laughs> and, uh, I would come back with food, you know? Yeah, I, and I'm i not joking. Like, I think part of it, yeah. too, is you're so used to seeing, like, everybody naked. So it's like, why not make some fashion? Because it does serve a purpose. Yeah. It's it's oh, yeah. legit keeping you from, from getting sunburnt. And uh, I thought it was a very, very nice beachwear kind of look. So kudos to you. Yeah. Oh, super gorgeous. <laughs> I would swim, like, every single day and, like, fan myself with... Uh, my cape just to keep the <laughs> keep it cool it was great to sleep on too oh it's such a versatile piece what can't you do with yeah. that cape it's really i, I know right <laughs> it's great i actually kind of miss it right now <laughs> i think you should bring it back you should start marketing that potato sack capes are going to be all the rage in 2024 yeah. you end up heading out looking for the additional water source you end up finding a bunch of coconuts but no fresh water yeah, that was a pain we, in the ass, but the coconuts were good. That was a great find. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's we one got of like those... 11 or 12 of them. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you don't always end up finding what you're exactly what you're looking for, but you know, it's a huge success in that kind of setting regardless. Yeah, if you come back with anything, that's huge. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We see Bulent. And he is back at Camp Lonely, and he is just busy being all sorts of lonely and solo, which, of course, we all know Bulent loves. They will kill me if I don't call it Camp Flying Armadillo. Oh, they did make that sign. Yeah, we had our own names. So, like, my group, we were the Headhunters. Mm. That was our tribe, because we had that head. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, and then they were Flying Armadillo. Ah, okay. I do remember them making a sign in one of the early episodes. Yeah, they wrote it on the uh, on the the wing by the fire, I think, or something like that. Well, you go and report the coconut find, and you guys all decide that you're going to go and that get them. But more importantly, you guys all make the executive decision that you are going to move locations. Yeah, uh, not even executive. It was uh, a democracy. They voted. 
they said, yeah, we want to move. And like, I'm a team player. So it's like, okay, let's go. Yeah, that was good. I thought you handled it all really well. I mean, I think you did make a good good point about the resources as far as food and fish and everything else that you're being so successful with. But And I wanted to kill that crocodile. Yes, I could tell. <laughs> I could tell you definitely had your <laughs> eyes set on that. Yeah, when do you get a chance? You know what I mean? Right. It's not every day. You don't see those yeah. while you're out hiking in Colorado, that's for sure. No. I did they- see one uh, big alligator in Florida, though, right on the trail. Huge one. Oh, really? Yeah, big cypress swamp. We had we had an eleven foot one when we were filming in the swamps of Florida that actually ended oh, up yeah. stalk, stalking production. Yeah, which I was rooting for. I was like, "Get him!" <laughs> <laughs> well, day thirteen, we start out with Justin and Naeem, and they're collecting water, and they talk about how they might need to move to a place with more resources as well. Naeem talks about building a raft so they can make the move easier on Rachel. Again, you know, I think I think he feels kind of indebted to her. I feel like he owes her something after bailing on her on the 21 day. Yeah. I'm surprised we, that they didn't have the idea to move earlier. Like, they're just eating, like, six snails and a couple of fingernails. It, like, I'm sure, like, the injuries and everything was distracting. Yeah, but you're you're absolutely right. It seemed like, aside from having a lot of trash at their location, it really didn't seem like it offered that much at all. Naeem talks to the group about migrating to a new location, and everyone agrees. He then goes and starts scouting for floatable trash. Rachel is trying so hard to keep her head in the game. She's trying to stay positive and work on untangling a bunch of cordage, and the rest of the crew is getting driftwood. Heather, Andrew, and you start the morning out by going to collect the coconuts. You are now wearing a gorgeous mesh top, which, I mean, Mm -hmm. your outfits just don't cease to amaze. Uh, Did you make this yourself, or was it already like a pre-made mesh? It was a piece of net, fishing net. Oh, So I found a fishing net that was like all tangled up in some rocks, and uh, I cut it away with a piece of glass and got it untangled and then there was a hole in it so i just put my head through it so that i could (laughs) carry it without having without having to like hold on to it with my hands it's just kind of like i'll wear it and use it later nice i think that's great i feel like it was meant to be worn by you and honestly like i know a lot of survivalists will watch these shows and be like oh man i'm jealous of that fish or that i was genuinely jealous of the fact that you're finding these amazing looks to wear on the beach At this point, you guys are getting the coconuts down from the tree, but you can see Andrew is definitely feeling super exhausted at this point. He is running out of gas. That was like one big thing is like I kept telling Andrew, I know you think fishnet is tacky, but it really will save you out there. And he just wouldn't play dress up with me. Um, (laughs) He really he really should have. But, you know, Andrew has his own style. It's a little bit more superhero ish. Mm. Um, a little less like goth like me. I feel like someday he'll come around and learn about your uh, keen sense for fashion. Yeah, just... I'm just going to take him to Hot Topic when next time I see him <laughs> and like really just get him into fishnets. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> so that night, Bulent is laying in camp and he hears some squealing and... 
we are left with, did he finally get this pig that he has been going for for almost two weeks now? We start off day 14. Boulent heads out first thing in the morning to check the snares. He grabs his rebar spear and his homemade knife. It's a very dramatic walk to the trap, but success. The snare finally worked, and bacon is on the menu. Boulent is stubborn as he can be. I think it also works to his advantage where he will put his mind to something and he won't stop until it works. So he uses his rock knife to field dress this pig. And I'm not going to lie, I was super impressed with the rock knife. Because you hear rock knife and you think the Flintstones. But it cut beautifully. Very impressive job. And it was just a lot of meat so yeah and if you look at those fan blades that they had they were pretty dull you know they weren't sharp yeah so like him improvising and making that 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 using that rock as a knife was huge absolutely and yeah, that, like the, knowing how to gut it well and everything too it looked it looked yeah. beautifully butchered and i agree those fan blades it looked like when you get those cheap plastic knives that you get get a cookout oh yeah yeah or something halloween like that. store or something <laughs> right yes we come back to heather andrew and you as you prepare to make your move heather puts on her casual military hiking helmet andrew puts on his strappy string shoes and most importantly you grab the doll head. Oh yeah. The doll head is now a part of your camp officially. Did did you have a name for it? I actually never named the doll head. Goodness, well. Wow. Yeah. We we were like it's like I talked to it quite a bit, you know, when <laughs> when other people didn't want to talk to me, you know, but uh it was definitely it was more of like like a symbol of our group cuz we were, we called ourselves the headhunters, you know what I mean? Mhm. So, it was like kind of just like a symbol of our group and uh Plus, we're just kind of like living in the moment. We're like, we're castaways on this island, and now I found my Wilson. Yeah, so it was, it was your like, Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> it was just one of those things that I could talk to with, uh, that didn't talk too much. You know, yeah. sometimes Heather talks a little bit too much. <laughs> so it's, it's nice to be able to get a word in once in a while. You're like, all right, Heather, enough. I'm going to talk to Dollhead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where I can be heard. Yeah. But anyway, you you guys make your way out. Did you have any hesitations about the hike without a map, or is this just kind of second nature to you? Yeah, just walking. Like I'd already explored the all over the different area because I was trying to make sure that we had like fresh water and stuff. So my main goal was like having gone up and down both sides of the beach. There was no other place to go than to follow the river up, and that also happened to be north, which is the way we needed to go. So. Yeah, we set out heading north up and following the river up for fresh water. Well, we see Rachel. Rachel has been dealing with the leg injury for a week now, and they show like the comparison of her two legs. And yeah. it is it is crazy swollen. I mean, you can tell there's something really wrong with it. It is not just your usual sprain or anything like that. The rest of the team is working to assemble the raft. Naeem is kind of in high gear. Uh, he is going really hard to make sure this raft is ready for Rachel. We see Boulent back at camp with his pork chops. He's smoking the meat to preserve as much as possible. He tries a bite and is very, very satisfied with his meat. Mm. <laughs> it was definitely, you know, I mean, that's that's a lot of hard work. So he was celebrating 
Uh, oh, and it's for funny. Sure. Like, I feel like some people are going to watch and be like, I wonder if he'll share that. But it's Bulent. Bulent's a good man. So I feel like. Oh, yeah. Everybody's going to hopefully get a little bit of. Bulent's a man of his word. You know, like he says, like, I'll meet you guys in a couple of days when I get the pig. I'm sure he means it. You know, yeah, like yeah. we're going to have to find out. But I'm pretty sure, like, when he says something, he means it. That's just the kind of person he is. You can tell just from watching him. Agreed. Agreed. Well, you, Andrew, and Heather are three hours into your journey, and you do a river crossing, which are always very dramatic. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, the intensity, the music, everything. They show Heather trying to cross the the water, and the helmet is over her eyes. I don't know how she's seeing anything <laughs> at all. Andrew is freaking out, and there's a really brief clip where Andrew's kind of freaking out and you can see you laughing, which... <laughs> you want to know why I'm laughing? I kind of do, yes. So I say something like, uh, oh, I just felt something. I just felt something. I didn't feel anything. I was just screwing with the two of them. Because <laughs> like, like, I had gone up and down there I, like, and I knew where the crocs were. Like That wasn't where the crocs were. So, like, when we crossed there, I was like, oh, something just brushed up against my stick. <laughs> Nothing did. I was just messing with them to, like, make them scared. <laughs> and, like, you look at the look on Heather's face when that when I did that, and she was just like, ooh. But, yeah, no. <laughs> I was lying. I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel anything. I was just fucking with them. So when I'm leading through the water there and I know they're all nervous because they've been scared of that saltwater croc the whole time. Mm. And I say that I knew that they were going to shit their pants <laughs> if they had pants. Right. <laughs> well played. Well, Kara and Naeem are back at work on the raft. The tide comes in and they test it out. It floats beautifully. At this point, it was nice to see Naeem being appreciated by his team because he didn't seem to fit in quite so well with Team Bulent. They bring the raft over to show Rachel, you know, they're very excited to show that they've made this so she can make the journey with them. She sees it and starts to cry. She's only been standing on her leg for a matter of minutes and it's throbbing like crazy. And she makes the decision that she has to tap. And yeah. it, it was a tough goodbye. Uh, it was hard to see him go. I mean, Justin, you know, his two original partners are now gone. They end up taking her off on the boat. She went directly to the hospital, and they found out that she had a fractured tibia and a torn meniscus. I mean, this girl was out there for a week with a damn broken leg and didn't really complain at all. Like I I'm, know. She I'm is super tough. And yeah. it's also like one of those things where you like you think about, right? Like she's a professional diver. She jumps mm-hmm. off from boats for a living. Yeah. Like and like when you're out there with the heat, the exhaustion, the hunger, like your brain's not functioning on like all five, six cylinders, you know, yep. you're just like maybe on like two, you know, and she made the decision to jump into that water without clearing it for rocks or whatever. Yeah. And she even said like, I'm glad I didn't dive. Like, yeah. And it's like, kind of like when I got my big fish, you like, I'm like talking to the GoPro and I'm like, yeah, I'm out here trying to find some food so we can food up. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, I hear myself say that and I'm like, man, like you don't really realize like how 
much everything is affecting your like mental capacities and stuff like that until you watch it after the fact and you're like wow like i never would have made a decision or i never would have done something like that and something so small could like with her like end your end your challenge um it's it's something that like really made me think for my next challenge, like to be a little bit more careful than I usually am. You, you can physically see all our muscles deteriorating, but I feel yeah. like the same thing is happening inside our body to like our organs and our brain yeah. and everything else. Yeah. And it does. It absolutely af- affects how we, how we think and our decision-making process. Or our process. tempers. Yes. Not for me because I'm very even-tempered and I never get upset, but yeah. others, absolutely. <laughs> Well, that ends the episode. It was it was a good one. I am excited to see how things kind of play out with your guys' move, this other team's move, and we're in the home stretch now. It's the last week, so I am looking forward to episode seven. But uh, thank you for joining me. It was an absolute pleasure. Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. I got a chance to chop it up with you. That was amazing. And thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, and send any questions you have about the show to questions at jakeandafraid.com. Join me next time for an all-new episode of Jake and Afraid. Until then, have a blessed week.